The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Gemara Taranit, Daf Tet Vav. Today's daf is being studied Le'ilu Nishmat Abraham ben Esther Ruwa Hashem Tanihenu Began Eden Amen Today's daf is being studied Rufu'a Shelema Ediyahu Hayim ben Sofia Shafia El na refanado El na refanado El na refanado Rufu'at al-Nefesh Rufu'at al-Guf Rufu'at al-Kirbalavo V'chen Yiraswam Romar Amen We begin today's daf on Tetvav, starting at the new Mishnah, beginning the second pedic of the Masechet. And the Mishnah begins, Seder Ta'anuyot Kesad. What is the order of the Ta'anuyot? Which means now we're going to discuss a different procedure that took place on the fast days. So comes again, Mishnah says, Mutsi'in eta teba lirchova shil'ir. They would take the teva, which literally means the ark. They would take it from the Bet Kines, from the synagogue, and they would take it out into the town square. Shel'ir. V'notnin efer al And they would take ashes, and they would place them on the teva. Ubrosh hanasi. And also they would place it on the head of the Nasi, that was the president, which was like the chief uh, rabbi of Kla Yisrael, Ubrosh Abedin, as well as the head of the uh, rabbi in charge of the court. And everybody subsequently pours the, puts the ashes on their own heads. Let's read Rashi. Seder Ta'aniyot Kesad, Efer Makleh. Now what is this Efer Makleh, which is ashes? And as she says, Efer Mamash, it's actually referring to actual ashes. Velo Afar, but not dirt. Efer Setam Hu Afar, which means if the Mishnah just would have said Efer, Efer and Afar, which ashes and dirt are synonymous words. Dikshem She Efer Karui Afar, just like Efer can be called Afar, dirt. Dikhtiv Me Afar Serifat Tachatat, Kach Afar Karui Efer. So too, Afar is also called Efer Setam. Ve'ainu dektani Efer Makleh. That's why the Mishnah uses the lashon Efer Makleh, which is real Efer Serifah. The edges that were burnt from something. We have a tani Efer Setam. We just would have said Efer. Have a mashma Afar. Now we're thought that it's just Afar, which is dirt. The Efer Makleh Genayoter. It's more of a Genay. It's more of, a, of an embarrassment in order to pour ashes, real ashes, on the head. Right? There's more demeaning to pour the ashes on the head than regular afar. And the Mishnah continues, Hazaken Shebahim, which means the Tamid Hakam, the scholar that was amongst them, Omer Lifnehem Devre Kivushin. So he would say in front of them words of Kivushin. What is words of Kivushin? So this is words that would, Kibushin literally means to press them, which would press their hearts. The she says, Lashon Atsira Kibod Mechbesh. The Mechbesh was a presser. In order that she says, to Kibushin and to they press their hearts, to bring them back to the good way. The following things were said by the Zakin, by the elder of them. Ahenu, my brothers, Lo Ne'emar Ba'ansheni Neveh. It was not said, by the people of Nineveh, those were the 
goyim that had sinned against God. It doesn't say when they made Teshuvah, Vayar Elohim Etzakam Veta'anitam. It doesn't say that God saw their sackcloth and their fasting. Ela Vayar Elohim Etmarasehem. God saw their deeds. Kishavu Midarka Amara. Because they repented from their bad way. Kabbalah Omer. In the Navi it says, Vekiru Levavchem. Rip your hearts. Vealbigdechem. Don't rip your clothes. God wants you to rip your heart, which means to make teshuvah. Now she says, Kabbalah, Shanavi Mitzavel Yisrael. Kabbalah, it's called that because it's Milashon Kovel. Kovel is when somebody gives an instruction. The Navi who instructs Kla Yisrael, so therefore it's called Devrei Kabbalah because he is Kovel. That explains that she says, why the first pasuk that was in Nineveh, what says Vayar Elohim et Maasem Kishavu Medarakam, it doesn't say B'Devrei Kabbalah, because there the Navi is not instructing anything. There the Navi is just giving us information. However, in the second pasuk, it says V'Kiraul Levavchem, rip your hearts and not your clothes. That is an instruction. That is a commandment. And therefore, regarding that pasuk, the Mishnah refers to it as D'Devrei Kabbalah, because the Navi is. Kobel. That's the way that she says. Let's read it inside. Deksha Tosfot Man Dehu. One of the Baal Tosfot asked, "May Shena Ba'ikera Dichti Biyona." When it said the pasuk, "No Yavayara Elohim Et Maasehem Ve'Lokari Le Devre Kabbalah," didn't call it Devre Kabbalah. O Ba'ikera Devikir Ode Bemchem Kari Le Kabbalah. O Parikiyu. The Tosfot explains, "Kol Makom Shanavi Mitzaveu Mudi Yom Mazhiri Tisrael." Any time the Navi commands and gives Amisel a warning. That's already type of pasuk is called the Vrei Kabbalah. And any pasuk that the Navi is not commanding, like the pasuk of Vayara Elohim Shukim Saper Vodek, just giving you a story. The Alif Mene Agavur Chaimilta Lo Karel Le Kabbalah. But anyway, the Mishnah continues. Amdu Betfilah. So now they stand up to pray. Moridin Nifnei Teva. So they bring in front of the Teva Zaken Veragil. Somebody that is a Zaken who is a, uh, again, a scholar, and also is ragil, which means he's fluent in the tefillah, in order that he should not make a mistake. Because any shaliyah sibur that makes a mistake in the tefillah, that's a bad sign for the ones that sent him. And therefore, we try to get somebody that is expertly and fluent in the tefillah. And we try to get somebody that has children, However, he's a Ali, and he doesn't have really any parnasah to support his family. And the explanation is, also like the Gemara is going to say, he's naki from Averot, that he's free, meaning his house is clean, meaning he has no bad reputation, he has no sins. We want his heart to be complete in the tefillah. So we bring up somebody that is in need. I know that I will pray with greater kavanah. And he says in front of them, 24 berachot. Yud Ha'ed Shebechol Yom, the 18 regular berachot of the Amidah, Umosif Alehem Od Shesh, and he would add an extra 6 berachot like we learned, between the berachot of Goel, Yisrael and Fa'enu, they would add an additional 6 berachot, Ve'eluhen, and these are the 6, Zichronot, that's the same beracha that we see on Rosh Hashanah and the Musaf, the same pesukim, zikronot, the shofarot, again, the same pesukim and berachot 
that we say in Musaf, which is called Shofarot, Musaf Rosh Hashanah. Third, Elashem Basarat Alim Karati Vayaneni, that chapter in Tehilim. Esa Inai Ele'arim, that chapter is number four. Ve'ma'amakim Kerati Hashem, number five. Tefilah Le'ani Chiyatov, number six. These are all chapters in Tehilim. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Lo Ayasadik Lomar Zichronot V'Shofarot. He says, no, you don't say Zichronot V'Shofarot, Ela Omer Tahtehem. You say in their stead the following Pesukim, Ra'av Ki Yeh Ba'ares, Deber Ki Yeh. This was Pesuk by Shlomo Amelech that was praying for the future generations that if there be a famine in the land or a pestilence in the land, Bore Olam will answer the Tiferet of Israel. And then the Pesuk of Asher Ayad Devar Hashem, as therefore you in, include these two blessings in these two chapters instead of Zichronot and Shofarot. Comes the Mishnah and continues, and each one of these Berachot has a special Hatima. Which means as a special a conclusion, meaning Baruch Atah, like we'll see now. Al regarding the first Beracha, now the first Beracha, according to Tanakama, was uh, the Beracha, which is the, the, the first of the uh, of, of, of the Berachot, actually, which is really Goel Yisrael. Because in the Berachah of Goel Yisrael, they would make a special Hatimah like we're going to see now, and then they would start these six extra Berachot. So when it says over here, it really means um, the first Berachah that they are Ma'arich. The first Berachah that they would lengthen. So that was really the Berachah of Goel Yisrael. Then they would say the subsequent six Berachot. So what is the Addition that they would add to the first Berakha, meaning to the Berakha of Goel Yisrael. Mi she'anat Avraham Abinu Moriah. The God that answered Avraham Abinu at Moriah, which means when he prayed at the time of the Akedah, and Yitzhak eventually was saved, Hu etchem, he should answer you, Yishma b'kol sa'akatchem, hayum azeb, Baruch Hashem, Goel Yisrael. So that, Ending is included into the Melacha of Goel Yisrael. Misha'anait Avraham Avinu. Now, that she says on the first wide line, Adrishona, Bepa'am Rishona, Womer, Misha'anal Avraham, Begoel Yisrael. Which we said is the Melacha of Zikronot. The God that answered our forefathers on Yom Suf, when we came out of Islam, who ya'anet him, v'yishma kosarakat him, ayyum azim baruchat Hashem, zochir hanishkahot. God remembers those that are forgotten. And that's appropriate to say that beracha for zikronot, because uh, the Jewish people, after all, were in Mislayim for many years, and it's as if they were. Uh, Forgotten in Mislaim for many years, and they gave up hope from the Geulah. And therefore, what Allah says, He still remembered them. Now let's read Rashi in the second line. Now obviously this is the first Beracha of the additional six. The first one, which was Berachat Goel Yisrael, is part of the Amidah itself. That's not from the extra six. But you would start to include extra words, like we said, Mishanat Abotenu. 
באברהם אבינו, להוסיפו להליך על הזיכרונות, הוא אומר זוכר השכחות, ועל השופרות שומע תרועה לגבי תשיא In the Mishnah they would say on the Shofarot, the Baruch Atah Hashem Shomeyat Teru'ah, etc. Vihi Sheniyah Leminyana. That would be the second, which means Shofarot would be the second Berakah to the count. Ve'ayel Hashem Basarat Ali, Vihi Sheneshit Leminyan Shesh, etc. Now the Gemara Mishnah continues. Now we get to the second one. Ala Sheneshit Omer, that Sheneshit again, it's really the second beracha of the additional six. It's called Shilishit Ove, because it's the third beracha from when we started to be Mosif, starting from Goed Israel. In any event, what do we say? Mishanat Yoshua Begilgal, the one that answered Yoshua Begilgal, who Yanet Chem, Yishma Bekos Akat Chem, Yomazem Baruchata Hashem, Shomei Ateluah. Again, because since this beracha is the beracha of Shofarot, it makes sense to mention Yoshua, because we know Yoshua was answered via the Shofarot when he had that battle. At Yericho, Al Rabi'i to Omer, regarding the fourth Beracha, he says, Misha'ana it Shemuel b'Mitzpah, the one that answered Shemuel in the Mitzpah when he was praying against the enemies to protect us from the enemies of Pilishtim, who Yaanet Chem, Vishma Kosakatchem Ayom Azim Baruch Ata Hashem, Shomeya Tzaka. And that's uh, corresponding to the chapter in the Tehilim. El Hashem basarata li karati v'ya'aneni. Comes the Mishnah continues. Al hamishitu omer mishanat Eliyahu b'harakamel. The one that answered Eliyahu Navi when he prayed at Harakamel, who ya'anet chem yishma v'kosakat chem ayom azemaruchat Hashem shomei ya'atefilah. And again, that corresponds to the beracha that they would say the chapter, like we said in the Mishnah, Esa Einai Eliharim. And since uh, we're talking about Harakamel, so therefore it makes sense to mention Eliyahu Navi that prayed by the mountain Harakamel. Al shishitu omer mishanat yonah m'ayhadagah. The one that answered Yonah. In the belly of the fish, of the whale, who yanet chem yishwa mekosar katchem yomazem baruchat Hashem haone beatzara, and that corresponds to the chapter in Tehilim that we say in this berakah as well of Shira Malot mimamakim keratich Hashem that I'm calling you from the depths because Shona cried out to God from the depths of the whale. Al shviyitu omer, but the seventh berakah, he says. The one that answered David and Shalomo his son in Yerushalayim, who Let's read David. The one that answered David, Vahid Ra'abime David Shaloshanim, Shana Harshana, which there was a three year famine at the time of David, so he prayed, Ushlomo, Keshikhnis Aron the Beta Kodesh Kodashim. When Shlomo Melech entered the Aron the Kodesh Kodashim, he also made a tefila. Ila Mira'at Kiye Ba'aris, which means that Shlomo prayed in the event that there's going to be a famine in the land. Defikach, Hotem Mirahem Ala'aris. Therefore, that Miracha, Tahatimaz Burukhat Hashem, Mirahem Ala'aris, they both prayed for Erish Israel. Shemit Palu Al Erish Israel. Utfilal Anichi Ya'atov, and that chapter that Tarakama said you say for this Miracha is Tifilal Anichi Ya'atov, Adoha Kishamim Nofil. That's referring to the chapter that talks about when there's no rains, meaning you're praying also for the sustenance of Erish Israel. Therefore, it's appropriate to end the Miracha with the prayers of David. 
read that Shalom Amelet also prayed for the situation in Eretz Yisrael. So basically, the Mishnah concludes Vishma Kosa Katchem Ayamazeh Baruch Atashem Merachem Ala Ares. So again, we basically we concluded over here the first part of our Mishnah, which told us a few things. Number one, the Seder Ta'aniyot. Now, should we point out that when we say Seder Ta'aniyot, we're referring to the seven last Ta'aniyot that are the most rigid, that would bring the Teva in the Rehova Shil'id, that would bring it into to the, to, to the town uh, square, we'll call it. And uh, they would pour Efer, Mamekle, we said real ashes, they would pour it on the Teva, on the head of the Nasi, on the head of the Abedin, and everybody would pour the ashes themselves on their <coughs> own heads. These old scholars would get up and say words of Musar to them, tell them how they have to repent, it's not enough to fast, and then they would bring a special Shadiyah Sibur who was fluent in the tefillah, who had children, but was anahani, and was free from sin, and he would start to make the tefillah, and he would add, between the berachot Goel and Rifa'enu, six additional berachot, and the Mishnah tells us that in each of these berachot, it was with a certain chapter of the Tehillim, followed with a special Hatimah, and they would include in the Berachat Goel Yisrael, also a special edition, Misha'ana et Avraham Abinu Moriah, and they would say, Baruch Hashem, Goel Yisrael, and each of this next six Berachot would have a special Tehillim, with a special Hatimah, as the Mishnah enumerated. And now we continue the Mishnah. There was a story... Bime Rabbi Halafta, the Rabbi Hananya ben Tenadion. Sha'avar Echad Nifnea Teva. It was one of the first days. So the Hazan came in front of the Teva, the Gamar et Beracha Kula. And he finished the entire Beracha. Velo Anu Aharav Amen. They did not answer after him Amen. So Gemara is going to explain, what did they say? If they didn't answer, I mean, what did they say? So they really answered, Baruch Shem Kevod Malchuto Le'olam Va'id. Now that was a custom that they used to do in the Beit HaMikdash. So therefore the Gemara says, what happened after that? Tik'u Kohanim Tik'u. The, we call him the Hazan Bet That's like the Shamosh, the attendant. He then announced to the Kohanim, this was in the Bet HaMikdash, Tik'u Kohanim, Tik'u. Sound the Tik'i'ah, Kohanim. Sound the Tik'i'ah. Which means, he told them to blow the, uh, blow the Shofar. And we continue to say the following. Because since that was the additional uh, line that they would add in the first Berachah of the Amidah of Goel Yisrael, the additional Berachot. So then, after that, uh, he would say, We came to the second Berachah. He would say, blow the shofar again, the sons of Aharon, blow the shofar, and then he would continue. Which was the first additional barakah, which we called Zikronot. So that's the, the way they did it. Again, so they would start the Amidah. Before the barakah of Goel Yisrael finished, he would say, Tik'u, Kohanim, Tik'u. 
And Ed Nishanat Abu Abraham Abinu, then they would finish the Barakat, they would blow the shofar, then he would say, Tikau Hariu Bene Aharon Hariu, blow the shofar again, and he would give them the additional line they should say, that's Mishanat Otenu Ayam Suf, and then they would finish the Barakat, and then he would then they would blow the Shofar. So the Gemara says, When this episode came in front of the Hakamim, Amru, they said, Do I know a Gimkin? Ela Beshar Mizrah, Ubaharabayit, which means this custom of saying Baruch Shem Kevod Melchotol Le'olam Ba'id after a Berachah, this was the Minhag, which means the Beit Tamikdash. That's the Eastern Gate, which is the Temple Mount. Therefore, they did not do this outside the Beit Hamikdash. So again, we have a Maaseh in the Gemara, in the Mishnah of Rav Halaftan of Hanina bin Tadadion that related exactly what they did in the, in the outside the Beit Hamikdash. It was that they would blow the shofar at the times of the Berachot, as well as answering Baruch Shem Kimon Machotol Le'olam Ba'ed. HaChamim said that that was not a proper practice, it was only done in the Beit HaMikdash itself. Comes the Mishnah and continues. Shalosh Ta'aniyot Arishonot. Now we go back to the first three fasts for the rains. Now let's review. We know that there were 24 mishmarot, which are 24 groups that used to serve in the Beit HaMikdash on a rotation basis. Every week another mishmar would work. Now the mishmar was divided into six sections. Those sections were called Bate'av. And every day another section would serve in the Beit HaMikdash. Now, what would happen during these fast days? Did the Anshem Mishmar or the Bet Av, did they fast or not? So the Mishnah says, Anshem Mishmar, Mit'anin, they would indeed fast, Velo Mashlimin. But they would not finish the fast. Why? She says, Well, these fasts are not so stringent, especially the first three. What are they, why are we being lenient on them at all? They're not working. The Bet Av is working. So that she says, because we're concerned that maybe there's going to be an overload of work for the Bet Av, and therefore we're going to have to call in the reserves from that Mishmar. And therefore the Mishmar has to be on call in order to help work. So we don't want them to be fatigued or tired Therefore, we are lax in that first three fasts. So that she says, "Shayu ovdin oto ayom ubayin lesayam vimayumetanim lo lo hayalem koach naamod baavodah." So that's what we're lenient when it comes to the anshem mishmar. <coughs> now, anshem betav lo ayumetanim kelal. When it comes to the anshem betav, they would not have to fast at all. Actually, I correct myself that she says, "Hamishmaram betalik leshivaa bateavot." The, obviously for the seven days of the week. So the Mishmar was split up into seven parts. So they wouldn't have to fast at all, because obviously that's their day of service, so we don't want them to be fatigued at all. Now, Shalosh Shiniyot, Mishnah continues regarding the second set of three fasts, Anshe Mishmar Mit'aninu Mashlimim. So these are more stringent. So the Anshe Mishmar have to actually fast and complete the fast. Anshe Mit'ab Mit'anim Velo Mashlimim. But Anshe Mit'ab, they fast, but they do not 
finish. Obviously, you see, it's getting progressively more serious and stringent. Sheva Acharonot, when it comes to the last seventh fast, which is the most stringent, Elu ve'elu mitanin u'mashlimin. Both the Anshe Mishmar and the Bate'av fast and complete the fast. Rabbi Yoshua. That's the way the Yoshua understands. Now let's learn the Shitab the Hakamim. V'achavim omrim, Shalosh Taniyot Rishonot, Elu ve'elu lo ayu mitanim kelal. He starts off at a much more lenient point. He says that regarding the first three fasts, Hachamim that is, nobody fasts at all. Not the Anche Mishmar, not the Anche Betav. And he's going to work himself up more stringent from that point. Shalosh Shniyot, regarding the second three fasts, Anche Mishmar, Mitanim velo Mishlem Mashlimim. So the Anche Mishmar will fast, but they don't complete. Anche Betav, do ayu Mitanim Kelal. Again, Anche Betav do not have to fast at all. Sheva Aharonot, but the last seven, Anche Mishmar, Mitanim velo Mashlimim. The Anche Mishmar have to fast and they have to complete their fast so by the end the last seven while they're fasting they are not the fast now the Mishnah is going to tell us some other differences between the Anshe Mishmar and the Anshe Betav. And the Mishnah says, Anshe Mishmar, Mutarim Lishtot Yayin, Balelot, Abal Lo Bayamim. Now we know that a Kohanim uh, are not allowed to serve in the Beta Megdash while they are drinking. So now the Mishnah says that the Anshe Mishmar, they are allowed to drink wine at night, however, not in the days. Now, what is the reason? So let's read Rashi. We're not concerned that there might be an overload of work at night, that they might call in the reserves of the Mishmar, and therefore we, we would say that they shouldn't drink wine because they have to be ready. No, at night they could drink wine. Why Rashi says, which means, by the night, we know exactly what the workload is. Because they cannot bring any more korbanot at night. Whatever was brought during the day is just processed in the night. And therefore, once the night comes already, we know if the Anshib Betav are able to handle it or not. If they weren't able to handle it, so we bring a couple of extra people from the Mishmar. But all the other people from the Mishmar are able to drink wine, because we're not concerned that more work is going to be uh, added, because there's no extra korbanot that are brought at night. Whatever is brought in the day, already we know. Uh, therefore, we can uh, make an assessment. So therefore, again, the Anshim Mishmar can drink wine by night. However, that being said, the Anshim Mishmar cannot drink wine by day, because maybe the work is going to be an overload, and therefore they're going to be, have to be called in, and therefore they need to be prepared. The but regarding the Anshim they serve during the day itself. Lo bayom, velo malayla. Certainly, they cannot drink not by day and not by night. As she says, All night they would be working by bringing the bones and the different fats that either fell off the Mizbeah during the day or that were on the Mizbeah that did not get yet burnt yet. That's right, they didn't finish the service during the day, they finished it by night. We're not concerned that the Anshim Mishmar are going to have to work at night to help them with the fork to you know turn over the meat on the Mizbeah. He's turning over the... Uh, 
Korbanot on the Mizbeach, if that's all it is, the Bet Av can handle that themselves. Therefore, they themselves have to be on guard. Therefore, they cannot drink any wine, not by day nor by night as well. Now the Mishnah gives another deen. Anshem Mishmar, Anshem Ma'amad. Now we introduce to a new group of people called the Anshem Ma'amad. Let's see who these Anshem Ma'amad are. Let's go back up to Rashi. She's a little out of order over here. We'll start from Anshem Ma'amad, a little higher up. Ehad Kohanim v'Levim Yisraelim. There was Anshem Ma'amad made up of Kohanim, Levim, and Yisraelim. Hakivroim v'Omdim u'mitpalilim al Korban Achahem shikubal l'Ratzon. Which means every day there was a special Korban called Korban Tamid. It had to be brought in the morning and the afternoon, and this Korban was brought for Klad Yisrael. The Gemara says later on, how could a public Korban for Klad Yisrael be brought without anybody? Being there, which is all Klaisa has to stand by the Qurban because they're bringing it for us. So that's impossible. You can have all B'nai Sa standing every day in the Bet Mikdash. So he says, no, they would have representatives come to, to represent all the different sections of Israel, and they would stand by the Qurban for us, and they would be our proxies, our Shalihim. And they are called Anshem Ma'amad. They were made up of, again, Kohanim, Levi'im, and Yisraelim. Rashi says, Ve'omdim, Lesham, Sha'at Avoda. They would stand there at the time of the service. They hear, Qurban Oshul Adam Karev, who in Omid al Gabbath. How could a to bring his korban, then he's not standing there. We're going to see in the later chapters. Again, so we have Anshem Mishmar, those are the weekly uh, uh, orders, groups of Kohanim. The Anshem Ma'amad, again, those are those that stood by the korbanot of their brothers, so it can be uh, their representatives. Asurim and Sapir, so that week it was forbidden for them to take haircuts and it was forbidden to them also to launder their clothes. Rashi says that when they entered their Mishmar, that whole week was forbidden. The Gemara is going to explain why. We'll wait for the Gemara of Hamishi. But when Thursday came, so it was permissible for them to take a haircut. Uh, again, they let it do, do, do it on Thursday because they didn't want to wait till Friday because Friday would be already Arim Shabbat, too close to Shabbat, it would be a big Torah. So therefore, on Shabbat Thursday, they allowed them to take the haircuts and launder their clothes. Now the Mishnah continues. Now we know we learned there's a special sefer called Megillat Ta'anit. Now in Megillat Ta'anit, it has in it all the days that are forbidden to fast on, because miracles happen on those days, and some days even more stringent, that not only is it forbidden to fast, but it's also forbidden to eulogize. So now the Mishnah is going to give us some of the rules regarding those days that are written in Megillat Ta'anit. The Mishnah says... Anything that was written, any of those days that are written in Megillat Ta'anit, that it's forbidden to eulogize. Again, those are the stringent days that even eulogizing is forbidden. Because again, it was like a Yom Tov. That they were, rabbis will say, not only that day, but even the day before. Why? Because they don't want you to come to eulogize on the day itself. So they made strict even the day before. However, but once they passed, the following day is permissible to eulogize. He's more not only the Fanav but also the Horav. Comes the Gemara and continues and says, comes the Mishnah and continues. Those days that it says in Megillat Ta'anit that are only forbidding for fasting, which are more lenient days, that only fasting is forbidden. 
that before and after it is permissible to fast. Only the day itself. Rabbi Yosef Omele, Fanab Asur, Olahara Mutaw. Rabbi Yosef Mahmid again, he says, the day before is going to be Asur. The day after is going to be mutar. Now we go to another law regarding the Monday, Thursday, Monday fast, which was the three fasts that the they would, rabbis instituted for, let's say, the rains, or the seventh fast for that matter. So they would start the fast <coughs> on a Monday, then they would go to Thursday, then they would go to Monday. So the Mishnah says, When we start a series of fasts, we do not start the fast on a Thursday. Why? We do not want to cause a, a rise in the price of the markets. We, we, we do not want to disrupt the price levels of the market. Why? What's going to happen? Because if you're going to start the fast on Thursday, so now the shopkeepers on the fast, everybody's going to come down and buy food. Now they're buying food not only for the breaking of the fast, but they're buying food for Shabbat. The shopkeepers are going to think that there's people buying food here to hoard the food, maybe because there's a famine or something like that, and therefore they're going to jack up the prices. So therefore, we do not start a fast series on Thursday. Now if you started on Monday, so by Thursday ready, the shopkeepers are going to know that they're in a series of fasts already. So therefore it will not cause the prices to be hoarded and raised. So the Mishnah says, I read again, We don't want to disrupt the price levels in the market. The first three, You start on Monday, then Thursday, then Monday. Now by the second set of fasts, the Mishnah says, You can start on a Thursday, and then a Monday and a Thursday. According to this logic, because already once, already you did one set of fasts, so the shopkeepers, they already know that you're in a fast program. Then therefore, you can start the second set on Thursday, they're not going to jack up the price because they know already what's going on. Just like the first set is not on, doesn't start on a Thursday, so to the second set does not start as well. Comes the Mishnah continues and goes the Talit Lan Sibur Bira Sheikh Odashim Bahanuka Upurim. We are not allowed to make a Talit Sibur on Rosh Hodesh or Hanukkah or Purim itself, because Chodesh is called a Mu'ed, and the other days are considered holidays. So therefore, they cannot make a <coughs> fast day on those days. However, we meet Hilu and Matzikim. Rashi says, Shikibbelu Tarit Mikodem, which is not that they accepted upon themselves a series of fasts. Then Ikhnaz Bim Rosh Chodesh. And let's say one of the Mondays or the Thursdays came out of Rosh Chodesh, and Matzikim. So you don't break the fast. The Afagav Dikli Moraid, even though it's called the Moraid, Loketi be Yom Mishtev Simha. And therefore, since it's not called Yom Mishtev Simha, you shouldn't have accepted that fast, but if they accepted that series of fast, Rosh Chodesh comes as one of the days, you can fast on that day. However, the Gemara says, That's the words of Rabban Gamaliel, Even though he said that you do fast on that day of Rosh Chodesh, That you do not finish the fast. 
Because really it is Rosh Chodesh, you should not complete the fast. You don't go all the way till Sunday. The Ched Shabbat, Shehaliot Be'arev Shabbat. Similarly, if the Shabbat fell out on a Friday, also they would fast, but they would not fast the entire day. And that, that cannot happen today, because we have the fixed calendar, but in the olden days it was possible that the Shabbat can come out on a Friday. So the Mishnah is telling us they would indeed fast on that Friday. However, they would not complete the fast, because they don't want to go into Shabbat when they are fasting. <coughs> Comes the Gemara. The Gemara says, Seder Ta'anuyot Kesad. It's quoting from Mishnah. That what is the order of the Ta'anuyot Mutsin That we bring the Teba into the public domain. Again, that would be a sign of mourning. As if to say that even the Teva, that normally is in a private place, now we're exiling it, exiling it into the public place. So the Gemara wants to so what fast are we talking about? Vafilu, Bekamaita. Are we talking about over here even the first three fasts? Because the Mishnah doesn't tell us really. It just says that on these fast days you bring the Teva in the middle of the square of the city. So it says Vafilu, Bekamaita. It sounds like even the middle, even the first fast. Urminu, we have a contradiction. It says in the Braita, on the Mishnah, that the first three and second three set of fasts, they enter the Bet Knesset with Panelim, and they pray in the Bet Knesset like they pray normally all year long. However, regarding the last seven fasts, they go, take the Teva, into the Square of the city, they pour ashes on the Teva, on the head of the Nasi, the head of the Bedin. Everybody pours uh, the ashes on their heads as well. Which means, according to Rabbi Natan, he says that they did not bring Efer, but they brought Efer Makle, like we learned originally in Amishnah, there's a difference between Efer, which can mean Afar dirt, or Efer Makle, which is more uh, 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 the, the basing, which they would bring Efer Makle, which is the real ashes. Again, so now, what do we see more that only the last seven they would bring out the Teba. So what does Amishnah mean when it just says for the fasts? So the Gemara says, Amara Papa as well. When it says that they brought out the Teba, it was referring to the last seven fasts. So then we have no contradictions. Right, they would pour the ashes first on the head of the Nasi. Then it says, everybody else subsequently... Noten Berosho would place the ashes on their own heads. Which means they would start with the Gadol, they would start with the Hashuv, the Nasi, that everybody would follow. Ini, the Gemara is a contradiction. Tanya, we have a Braita. The Biomir, Bigidula, Matchilin, with a Gadol. Which is when it comes to things of Gidula, things of praiseworthy, things of uh, Mitzvah, positive things, then you start with the gadol. When it comes to negative things, then you start from the smaller one. How do we know this principle? When it comes to mitzvot and positive things, you start from the gadol. Which is after Nadab Abihu. The sons of Aharon died, so Akadus Baruch Hu wanted to tell Moshe, Aharon, and Elazar and Itamar that they should not involve themselves in the morning period for Nadab Abiyu, because they had to serve. So therefore, what does the Pasuk say? The Pasuk says, Moshe, Moshe tells Aharon, 
Then he says, El Azar ul Itamar. So he starts with the Gadol. Moshe tells Aharon, he's the Gadol. And then El Azar Itamar goes, This is a mitzvah. This is a positive thing. Because he's telling them, Because you're so Ashuv, you do not mourn. Right? Like the Pasuk says, Rashechem al Tifra'u, Ubdechem lot Tifra'u. So therefore, since that was a Hashuv thing, they were not commanded, they were, they were commanded in order of importance. Aaron first, followed by El Azar, and Itamar. Now let's go the other way. When it comes to negative things, you start from the Katan. How do we know that? Because it says, Nahash. So the Gemara says, when Adam and Haba they ate from the tree in Gan Eden, so everybody got punished over here. Who got punished first? First the snake got cursed, then Haba, then Adam. So you see, you start from the lowest one, you start from the snake. Of course, that's a Puranu, that's a negative thing. Also, the question is, over here, it's a negative thing, you're pouring ashes on the head as a sign of mourning. And here, we're starting with the Nessie, you're starting with the bigger one. I thought when it comes to the negative things, just start with the katan. How come over here you starting to put the ashes on the president's head first? The Kibbutz says, "Ah, hashivuta lididu." That's an importance to them, meaning it's complimentary that you're pouring on their heads first. It's a gedulah to them, to the nasi. Why? The amre lehu. Because the people are going to tell the Nasi and the Abedin, Atun Hashivitu, you are the most important people in the nation. You have to pray for us, for the entire nation. And therefore it's praiseworthy, because from putting the ashes on their heads first, they say, you're the most important people in the nation, therefore we're relying on you in order to pray for us, that this Gezerah will go away. Comes the Gemara and continues. We learned in the Mishnah, which means, when it came to everybody else, all the other people, they would pour the ashes on their heads by themselves. However, when it came to the Nasin, the Abedin, and the Teva, it's Mazra, somebody would put on, well of course on the Teva, somebody would put on the Teva, but it says on the Nasi and the Bedin, others would place on their head. So now the Gemara says, Nasi ve'abedin nameh nishkelu inu v'ninhu b'rashayu let the Nasi and the Abedin put the edge on their head themselves. Why specifically by them others put it on their head? Why by them do we allow others to pour it on their heads? I'm going to be a bad demin kaseri. The Gemara says that you cannot compare the busha, the degradation, the humiliation when somebody does it to himself or it's done by others. Which means obviously there's more pain when somebody is humiliated or embarrassed by somebody else. And therefore, these are anashim hashuvim. And therefore, since they're so hashuv, so therefore, when others will pour the ashes on them, that is more degrading. But a regular person, they're not, they don't get so embarrassed if somebody else would do it to them. Therefore, it's enough that they do it to themselves. However, we want to bring the agmatnev, we want to bring the pain to the leaders, so we have others do it to them, so it'll be a bigger tsar. As she says, there's a great agmatnev, comes the Gemara and says one more point where did they put these ashes 
Amar Bi Yitzchak Bimkom Tefillin In the place where a person would put his tefillin Shel Rosh Shneemad The Pasuk says Lasum Laabele Siyon They're going to place to those that mourned Siyon Latet Lain Pe'er Tachat Efer They're going to place the tefillin which is called the Pe'er Tachat Efer In the place where they're putting ashes now Jesus Pasuk is talking about the future The Navi is coming along and saying like this Navi Haskel, that there's going to come a time that those that mourn Jerusalem had ashes on their head, they're going to put pe'er tahatev. They're going to have to, they're going to clean away the ashes and they're going to put tefillin instead. So you see what? That the ashes were placed in the place of the tefillin nashi. We know that tefillin are called peer based on a pasuk that says peer ka hamush alecha. The Gemara Berachot says elu tefillin betergeminan name totfata kavyan alach beecha manichat tefillin mukom shemuchosh atinok rofef. And where do we place the tefillin? At the soft spot in the top of the head. That's where the baby's uh, head is soft when the baby is born, and therefore that's exactly the spot of the tefillin shlorosh. That's where they would place the ashes based on the pasuk again lasum la belesion atet lahem peer tahat efer baruch adonai olam amen